Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today my guests are Brian and Janice Muldoon. They are known as the go-to power team for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable business online. Now, they will be celebrating 21 years of marriage this year. Janice is stepmom to Brian's daughter, Kristen, from his first marriage, and they are grandparents to her three lovely children. They came together having both been through divorce, and they started out as good friends, which turned into love all those years ago. Now, Brian and Janice are partners not only in life, but also in business. They help entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses online with their Most Method program. They've been entrepreneurs for over 20 years. And Brian started out as a professional musician and Janice was a salon owner for 10 years. Uh, She sold that business and moved on to focus on real estate and property development. They started their current coaching business back in 2012 when they relocated to the UK from Canada. I've been working with them since we met back in early 2017. They also work with my good friend and previous podcast guest, Bernardo Moyer, founder of The Best You and CEO of NLP Life Training, as well as working with many other well-known names in the personal development space. They are still best friends and their relationship is stronger than ever. So I'm definitely going to be asking them about how they're doing that during the pandemic because it hasn't always been easy for them. Making a marriage work and being business partners can be a challenge and they will be the first to admit that it takes work and patience. So I am super excited to welcome the amazing Janice and Brian Muldoon to the show. Hi, guys. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having us. Yes. Oh, no, it's great to have you guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Now, I've got so many questions to ask you guys because obviously we've known each other for a while. We've worked together for a while and you've had a massive positive impact on my business. So I am a super fan of both of yours. And we've become friends as well, which has been amazing. So do you want to tell us all a little bit about your background? Because obviously my listeners are going through breakups or struggling to move on and find love again. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your backgrounds? I know you have both been married before you met each other, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, I was married, first of all, to my high school sweetheart. So I came from a family, you know, I know now looking back, you know, um, how much we're influenced our environment. And my mom and dad met really young in their, I think their first jobs after they got out of school. And they married and were married for 50 years um, until my mom passed away. My sister and her husband are married. They met when they were 15 in high school. Wow. And they're still married. So I kind of like had my high school sweetheart and was like, right, this is the next thing that you do. Um, so unfortunately, we jumped right into marriage at 21 and hadn't really done anything or explored anything. So it just it didn't work out. How long were you guys married for? We were only married for a year and a half. Oh, a gosh, so a quite a quick marriage. So it was, yeah. 
And then how did that end then? Were you, did you manage to stay amicable given that you'd known each other for so yeah, long? Yeah, it was actually my decision. I just realized I, you know, I was so young. I hadn't done anything. I was just like, oh, this is what you do. You get married and you, you know, but um, it was obviously it was tough in the beginning, but um, we were such good friends and we, because we'd known each other's families since we were kids, yeah, we always remained really good friends. So till to this day, if I'm back in Canada and we run into each other, that's great. I would usually make a point of seeing his mom, her and I have stayed really close. So thank goodness for that. Yeah. Wow. That's really nice that you can stay friends. And and has he gone on and met somebody else? Yes. Yes. He's married and he has a little girl. Um, so yeah, he's got a lovely family and um, yeah, it's super. He's a great, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. It was just not, not the right fit and not the right time. Not meant to be, not no. meant to be. Well, there's a great no. example of conscious uncoupling where you can stay amicable. Oh, yeah, well done, you guys. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what about you? Yeah, my mine was a little bit different. I was just uh, a, a teenage guy out with my friends, having fun, wanting to meet girls and do that typical thing. And um, so that's what happened. <laughs> I met this girl. Uh, I was, and uh, at the time, I think it was probably about 18, close to 19. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was really attracted to her and, you know, we were, and then, it, you know, within about six months or so, I could just really tell like we weren't really well suited, um, you know, so there was, you know, we used to get into arguments and things like that, like, you know, the young couples often do, especially yeah. when you're not aligned, which we weren't. Um, but, you know, in my limited dating experience, I didn't really have the tools and the skills to understand, like, why was this going on? I just thought, like, why are you like that? And she was thinking the same thing. And then she fell pregnant during that time. In fact, you know, we had actually split up. And then I got a call, um, you know, a couple of weeks later. Oh, and wow. So, you know, suddenly I was now going to be a dad. And, uh so, you know, my, my dad, who had already passed by that time, I lost my dad at a young age, um, but oh. I really admired my dad. And he said, you know, if you get a girl pregnant, you marry her. And, um, you know, ignorance, call it what you will. Um, that's what I did. You know, I thought that was the thing to do, even though, you know, I, I didn't feel like it was the right thing. But, you know, through that, I mean, we did kind of sort of put down our swords, so to speak, you know, because we realized there's a baby coming and stuff. And um, yeah, so my daughter, Kristen, was born. And, um, you know, she's obviously one of the greatest things that have, has ever happened in my life um, to this day. In fact, it was her birthday yesterday. Oh, but, um, birthday, Christine. yeah. And so, yeah, basically, uh, we went on for a couple of years like that. And then, um, you know, I just realized that this just wasn't going to work and I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And so, um, we actually ended up talking through it. I was, I was actually playing in bands at the time. I, I started doing that. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> you know, it was just sort of an ultimatum, you know, you're either going to do that or it's going to be us. And I just, you know, was sort of like, oh, don't make me make that choice. But anyway, we, we both actually ended up agreeing that it wasn't a good fit. And we said, well, hey, let's just be great parents to Kristen. And so that worked out really well. We were both, you know, I was able to be in her life whenever I wanted. And, you know, I would go to their house 
like her mom's house, you know, when she got her report card and we'd have dinner and go through it. And so it was actually pretty, pretty good. It was pretty healthy in that respect. Well, wow, that's great. I mean, if you can do that despite your differences, then I think that says a lot about you. Sometimes that is a real challenge. And I obviously see clients every day who struggle with exes. And and it's funny, like you said, sometimes you just don't realize, you know, if you look back to that relationship and you're like, I don't know why you're like that. But actually, as time goes on and we get a bit older, we get a bit wiser, right? And we learn that not everybody's the same and we all do things differently. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So do you think going through a divorce is different for men and women? Because obviously we, we tend to cope with things differently. Do you think you coped with things differently back then? Um, I would say for me, because, because it was my decision, what I dealt with was a lot of guilt. Ah. I dealt with a lot of guilt um, because I, I cared about him so much. And he was such a wonderful person that I just, I really, it took me a long time to get over that, that I was like, oh my God, that I did that to him. And, and even my own family and stuff too, because my parents were devastated. And, you know, for me, that's really what it was. I, you know, years later, you kind of, you come to the realization that we were so very different. Um, and I don't think it would ever have worked out. So, you know, coming to that realization is one thing. And now, especially since he has moved on and has a wonderful family and stuff. But yeah, I felt a lot of guilt over it. Yeah, I think a lot of my listeners will also have experienced that at some point. How do you think it's best to get over guilt? Because it, it doesn't, like you said, you were amicable and walked away. So was there anything you could do to, to shift that guilt? Um, I think honestly for me, well... The other thing was, too, that I jumped into a relationship like right after, too. So that uh-huh. added to the guilt. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I really think just uh, for me at that time, because I was so young, um, it, it was just a matter of time where I finally had to forgive myself that I was just I just didn't have the tools to realize that I was going down a road that I shouldn't have been going down in the first place. It was just too immature you know? So it was just really over time, I had to realize that everybody's moved on. And yes, there were hurt feelings and all of that stuff. But um, it was best for everyone in the end. So I just had to forgive myself. Really? Yeah, I think forgiveness is important, I think. And forgiving yourself is important. Because actually, if you stay with someone and you don't really love them, or you don't want to be with them, that's not fair on them. So even though it's hard to walk away, you're actually helping them in a way get a chance of being truly loved by someone. So in yeah. some ways, it's a kind thing to do, even though I totally get the guilt thing. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah. So, Brian, how did you cope with your breakup? Do you think men deal with things differently? Um, yeah, I mean, I think in that situation, um, I think really our, our focus for both of us really just shifted to, to the welfare of our daughter. And that became, I guess, you know, the, the I guess the helped us get through it. I mean, for me, you know, I, I definitely, you know, was ready to move on. So, I mean, I was saddened by it. You know, I mean, I, I thought this idea of a family and now it's sort of essentially like a broken home as it's sometimes referred to, but I just wanted to be the best dad uh, possible. And Kristen's mom felt the same way. So we really just kind of threw our energy and our focus into that. And, and just really, you know, I think we both just wanted to see something good come out of it. So it kind of, in a way, 
there wasn't so much grieving as there was, I think, more thinking, well, what do I do now? You know, now I'm, um, now I'm, now I'm this young man and I got a child and, you know, that became a whole other dynamic for me internally about who's going to want to be with me. And I got to, you know, as you know, I, at that time, like I got a kid, you know? So, yeah. There is, I guess, sometimes a stigma that you've got, people call it baggage, don't they? God forbid. Yeah. Uh, and you think, gosh, is anyone going to accept me for, you know, who I am plus, because <laughs> we all have flaws, right? So it's like, you've got to accept me for who I am. And then also they've got a child in tow. Do you think that makes an, an impact on people? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, certainly for me, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, in a dating situation, um, maybe it was more so me, but I, I, I found that kind of, I waited for the, what I thought was the right time to sort of broach the subject. And, um, yeah, I, I used to feel like, you know, what, what's their temp. I used to do like a temp check. I'd, I'd say, so like, I, I have a child, I have a daughter and they'd be like, oh, you know, and so I, I would really sort of try and read their physiology at that point, you know, and get a, get a temperature to see like, are they just being nice? And they're like, I'm out. Are they like, <laughs> oh, that that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And, um, you know, I mean, I was like 21. So, I mean, anyone that I was dating probably didn't really grasp the concept that, you know, because at that point, I'm sure for them, they were like, well, that's his child, you know. And Well, yeah. even as you got older, you had said too, with some of the people that you dated, they were okay dating you, but then it was a sore point whenever you had her for the weekends yeah. or whatever. It was like... Yeah. Cramping their style. Yeah. Yeah. That did make it difficult. You know, there were, there were a couple of people I do recall that I dated and, you know, dated for some time. And, and um, I really did feel that, that they wanted my attention more than, than um, respecting and appreciating that I was a dad and I wanted to be a father to my daughter. And, and then, so that, you know, well, ultimately I, I, I lost respect for them. I saw that it wasn't a good fit and it ended anyway. Um, but you know, yeah, I, mean, I think some people <clears throat> find it hard, don't they? Because you're, they're in a relationship. I think before I had kids, I may have been the same, to be honest. I think it was having my own son that made me realize that that love isn't a competition, right? That love is a different love you have for a child than you do for your partner. But actually, I mean, I know Janice, you don't have kids, but you seem to understand that, didn't you, from the beginning? So how did you manage to cope with that? Whereas Brian said others failed. Um, well, to be honest, it did. I mean, at the beginning, it did freak me out a little bit because Brian and I were friends for a while first. So I had met his daughter already. So first of all, she has always, I'm not just saying this, she's always been an amazing kid. Like she's always, she was just always so sweet and respectful and lovely. Oh. So that really helped. Yeah. Um, but when we actually started dating, I was like, oh my goodness, because I was, Brian obviously started very young. He had her when he was very young and he's a few years older than me. So I was only 27 and I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. All of a sudden I'm dating this guy with a teenage daughter. Wow. So I was like, it did freak me out a little bit, but you know what? It, um, her and I have always been really good friends. And I don't know whether it was because of that, or maybe because I was a little bit younger, she might've thought it was cool at that time or something. I don't know. But, um, I just, I, I loved Brian so much and it was, she was so easy. She was so easy to love too, that it just, you know, any kind of hesitations that I had just 
they just went away. And that's pretty crazy, you know, because when you think about someone loving someone else's child, you know, even I think for me, there, there, there was a time when I found it hard to buy into that, even with Janice, and I maybe buy into it is maybe not the right word, I guess, just to really believe it, like, I'm almost in my own mind, but but like, she's from someone else, like, how could you possibly love her? But then, you know, obviously, I've come to realize love is love, you know, and love truly is blind. And her love with Kristen is a different kind of love than maybe Kristen has with her mom. Or, you know, but it's so genuine. I know how much Janice loves her. And obviously, that's fantastic. And I just think it's brilliant that Janice came to love her and she loves Janice and the two of them are crazy about each other. Oh, well, I mean, I know Janice well. She is an amazing woman with such a big heart. So I totally <laughs> yeah, get is. that. You're very lucky, Brian. You. You're very lucky. I am. I am. <laughs> I say I'm man. the luckiest man in the world. I am. I'm very lucky and I'm grateful every day for her. Because, you know, the stepmom, if you look at like fairy tales or, you know, the general portrayal of stepmoms, it's like the big baddie, isn't it? And I know, you know, there are difficulties when you introduce new partners for children and it can be really really challenging for the kids to accept but also if your partner is dating someone who isn't particularly nice to your kids um so that can be really hard and and put a lot of pressure and tension on the other parent when the kids go off right so the very fact that you know you guys get on and it and it works is brilliant but do you have any advice as stepmom, Janice, to, to people out there who are struggling, you know, maybe they think their, their ex's partner isn't so nice. Well, yeah, I mean, really it's, yeah, cause I've seen it with other friends of mine. And I think the only thing that you can do is just be kind to yourself, you know, obviously be totally open with your partner about how you're feeling about it, because it's, it's not an easy role to step into, And especially sometimes with, you know, the kids, obviously, if they're going through their own struggles, they maybe might not want somebody else with their dad, right? They feel like what you had said, there could be sort of a competition going on there. So I think just, you know, trying to be there and be a friend for the children and just being totally open and honest with your partner about how you're feeling and you're doing your best. Mm, Yeah, exactly. What if you're on the other side, you know, what if there is a parent that maybe isn't uh, a step parent that isn't being so kind to the kids or isn't being so nice? You know, do you have any tips for people that are struggling with that? Because it's difficult sometimes, I guess, to separate your upset with your ex for whatever they may have done, especially if they've left you for that person and then how they are with your kids. I mean, I guess the best thing is if they're kind to your kids, then, yeah, that's a bonus. And you've got to be happy with that and take your personal emotions out of it. To say that I might not particularly like you because you had an affair with my partner, but you're kind to my kids. So at the end of the day, that's a blessing. But you know, if they're not so kind, what can you do if there's anyone listening right now going through that? For me, I think you just, you know, I mean, when you have strong feelings for someone, it's not just cut and dried. You know, you don't just go, well, you know, if it's not this way, then this is not going to work out. I would say that, you know, you do have to really be in alignment with your values and your standards. And I always would try to be respectful and mindful that, look, I'm the one that has a child, but I love my child and I'm proud of my child and she's a brilliant child. And so for me, you know, if this doesn't work for you, I understand. 
but you're not going to mold me or manipulate me into being less than that for my daughter. It doesn't mean I don't care about you, but you're starting to test the relationship and you're starting to put unrealistic expectations into place, which ultimately I knew was the beginning of the dismantling of it anyway. So I just came to that resolve. Look, she's not good enough for you. Then I guess neither of us are good enough for you. So that was yeah. my take on it. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. So you guys are together. How long have you been together now? A long time, right? It'll be 23 years together. Yeah. In a couple of months, 23 years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. amazing. Well, well done. And Lockdown is putting so much pressure on relationships right now. Yeah, I see so many couples who would have lasted the test of time if it wasn't for the pandemic. You know, maybe their lifestyle means they're out and about more. You've got different social groups of friends, different hobbies, different interests, working, coming together, you know, in the evenings or weekends, whatever, but not all day, every day, working on top of each other and managing the kids so, you know, how are you guys coping with that? Because you guys really are an amazing couple and you work together yeah. as well, which again is another added pressure on any relationship. So what would your top tips be to, to have a successful relationship, especially during times like this? We were speaking about this with this newest lockdown. I don't know why we're finding it just more challenging than, you know, I think everybody's kind of getting to the end of their rope with the whole thing. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the advantage that we already have a pretty good sort of system because we do work together as well, right? But even with that said, yeah, not being able to get out and socialize with other people or just have your own space. Um, yeah, we've definitely found that we sort of maybe a little bit snappy and things like that. I mean, I think for me, I would say that just giving each other a little bit of space, even just in the house, you know, going and reading a book somewhere in a different room, or maybe just going out for a walk by yourself, just getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of space, I think is helpful for everybody. Yeah, definitely agree to that. Yeah. And I think it's just also, you know, it can be very easy to get defensive. I'm like, why are you talking to me like that? What did you mean by that? Uh, sorry, you know, <laughs> and um Janice about- is laughing here because she's thinking, oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> It's just about really, it's hard, but you know, for me, what I do and I I work really hard at it is to remind myself that I'm not the only one going through this, you know, everyone's being affected by it. So it allows me to stop and go, maybe in this case, you know, I might say she's having a tough day today. That's okay. So what can I, what can I do? This is your fault, Janice. I know I was going to say that. You have so much patience for me. I'm so lucky. Yeah. She's just having a bad day. Yeah, I mean, that said, Janice has no patience. But, uh, <laughs> That's, that is true. That is true. I'm very impatient, definitely. He's not lying about that. That's something I, <laughs> something I need to work on on a regular basis. But truthfully, though, you know, we have been together 23 years now, married 21. There are things that happen in the evolution of a marriage. You know, the longer that you're together, you actually, I can say for us, you get to a point where, you know, we did come to a point where we were seriously considering separating. And it was a really tough time. But, you know, I knew what was on the other side of that. And I went, yeah, like, 
But then more so importantly, I thought, what would life be like without this person? You know, I went, no way. I'm not, I'm not, not willing to give that up. I'm willing, I want to fight for it. And it turned out Janice felt the same way. And so my point is like when you, you get to a point where you just are determined to figure it out together, you know, like not being together is no longer an option. And, you know, we've, we've faced a lot of challenges like everyone has, you know, in, in, in any kind of relationship. But I think we're at a point now where you really truly shift to what I call devotion. You're totally devoted and you're like, you know, you just really care more about the other person and what they need than you do yourself. And I think that comes as a result of, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think once you've battled a lot of storms along the way and you have made it through the other side, yeah, I mean, it definitely, everything that you go through just makes it stronger, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of my listeners, though, will have been going in, in relationships for a long time and then suddenly get blindsided. So it's great to hear that when you get to those tough times, it is possible to push through. But I guess you both have to be committed to that. Yeah. Um, and and I love that devotion thing, Brian, because I think that's something that is selfless and puts you in a vulnerable spot, which actually, you know, that defensive, those comments you were talking about earlier about being defensive. What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? That, <laughs> that is what sort of fractures a relationship, but sort of taking it on going, look, you know, I'm, I'm devoted. I, you know, I love you and take me as I am kind of thing, actually. It, it, but you both have to be committed, right? Because if one of you isn't, as I know from my marriage, mm-hmm. that doesn't work so well. You can be as devoted and <laughs> trying as hard as you like, but if the other person's on their way out, then unfortunately that is that, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got to work at it together 100%. It, it can't work with just one person. So no, and sometimes people do fall out of love, you know, maybe one of the partners just, you know, the, the spark is gone. And that's unfortunately, you know, like you said, sometimes people get blindsided, you know, people keep it inside, they try to, you know, negotiate themselves through it, figuring, oh, I'll just stick with it, it might get better. And, and they've just lost that connection. But you know, for anyone who's in a relationship, you know, knowing that there are going to be trials, there's going to be complications, there's going to be things that come up, you're going to hurt each other, there's all sorts of things. But I think the biggest thing that I learned, and I've learned that I think really helped me be a better husband and a better friend to Janice, was that when I was in at times in places where I wasn't happy with my relationship, and I, you know, really, I was just, it was just because I was completely connected with myself. All I was thinking about was, you know, why is this happening to me? And, you know, why is she being like, and she should be more like that. And she should understand this. And it's not a big deal that I did that. And, you know, relax and all this stuff. And, you know, it was only, like I said, when we were at the brink, when I realized I need to change, I need to become a better husband I need to become a better person. And so I made the commitment to go on that journey because for me personally, I just had that awakening. It's like I had that clarity where I went, you've got everything that you need, man. You're just being an idiot. (laughs) You you, got to get your act together. Well, that's very sweet. I think, you know, if everyone could do that, then it's a great lesson to learn. And I think for my listeners, knowing that there's hope out there, that, you know, listening to your story about how you both went through a divorce Brian, you had a kid, you still went on and met each other. And I know 
that you were friends first. How, how if people are out there, because I know there's like a real thing right now of people going back in time and maybe it's the Facebook thing. Do you remember Friends Reunited? When that came out, everyone was connecting with friends they had before they were married. Well, there's a lot of that going on right now, I guess, because of the pandemic, everyone's online. And if you're going through a breakup, it seems to be quite a common thing right now to check out your boyfriend or your girlfriend from Uh ages ago or people that you're really good friends with. Actually, I was chatting to a friend last night and she was saying how she'd reached out to a guy we all knew. They were all just friends. We were all just friends at school. But and she's connected with him and they've had a few uh, hookups, actually, well, before the lockdown happened. So it is quite a thing. But how do you tip that balance from being friends to something else because you guys said you were friends first what, what happened to tip that balance <laughs> you can tell <laughs> you got to get past the weirdness <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it's quite funny if we have a second i'd like to even rewind a little bit further because i sort of when i look at us how we've been together all these years and everything that's happened in our lives and i think about the first time i met brian and it just absolutely makes me laugh my head off because, okay, so I was working at a really upmarket hair salon, right? I was a a hairdresser and we had this new, this was the nineties, right? So we had this new computer system where people could come in and it would show you different hairdos. I mean, you can do that on your phone now, but this is what it was like then. So this girl who used to come to my boss, my boss was her stylist. She bought her boyfriend at the time who turned out to be Brian this computer imaging thing. Cause he's like, Oh, I want to get a new look. But what they didn't realize was they didn't have it set up for guys. It was only for women. So he shows up at the salon. It's all a big disaster. Right. But I end up cutting his hair. Now this is the funny part. So he decides he wants a totally different look. And it was during those times, remember like Antonio Banderas George Clooney. and George Clooney, they all had that really, really short hair with the really short teeny fringe. Yeah. I was, I was really good at my job. And if somebody asked for something that was going to look ridiculous, I would tell them. But on this occasion, for some reason, I didn't think it was going to look ridiculous. So I set out cutting his hair and I'm halfway through it. And I'm thinking, oh dear, this looks <laughs> really bad. This looks so bad. Imagine Dumb and Dumber. That's, that's that where the, that's where, that's yeah. where the yeah. haircut was going. Yeah. So he looked more like that than he looked like uh, George Clooney. So to cut a very <laughs> long story short, I was mortified about it. His girlfriend was totally pissed off because I made him look like an idiot. And I go, I had a really good guy friend at the time um, who we're still very good friends with. And I phoned him and I'm like, oh my God, I just completely ruined this guy's hair. He was such a nice guy. And we were chatting and stuff. And I'm like, I made him look like a complete idiot. His girlfriend's ticked off and the whole thing. So long story short, about six months later, this friend of mine ends up working with Brian. So he's like, who's this girl that calls you Janice? And they put it together, the salon that I worked at. He's like, that's the guy you turned into dumb and dumber. (laughs) So we ended up being friends from then. Um, Two and a half for years. a couple of years, we were friends and we hung out a lot. And then this other guy it was the three of us that hung out most of the time. Then he ended up going out with a girl, dating a girl. So he was kind of off on his own. So we were spending more time together, just the two of us. And I think it just started to, you know, started to have feelings for each other again, though. I think at that time I was still a little bit because he had his teenage daughter and I'm thinking I'm only yeah. trying something I don't know, but then for me, I just couldn't deny it anymore after a while. 
Have you let Janice cut your hair again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um, she she started cutting my hair like, uh, you know, like I said, I was playing in bands and stuff on the weekends, having a great time. And so I had this really great rock do going on all the time. Yeah, I only made that one mistake. I was okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she she ended up quick. like cutting all the, all the like local musicians. She would, and then, you know, like anyone at that time that I worked for, you know, uh, they'd often, you know, I'd hook them up and like women, women that I worked with and men, they'd uh, send them to Janice. They'd all be like, wow, she's fabulous. I love my hair. And so Janice was a, is an amazing stylist, actually. She's really creative. Except for that one day. It's ever that one yeah. day, but hey, maybe that was yeah. the magic that actually yeah. <laughs> I like to think so. It gave us something to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you guys are known as like the power team for coaches to go to. Now, I know you've helped me transform my business and, and helped me along the way to, to grow a global coaching brand. So, I guess there's so many people out there going through tough times. And as coaches, I know that, you know, I come to you guys as well. I'm lucky enough to have you as friends to ask for advice in difficult situations. And you've always been outstanding. I'd highly recommend you both as incredible coaches. And I say that from the heart because, you know, I don't go to many people and I would definitely, you know, and do come to you as you know. So how do you keep yourselves going? And, and what advice do you have for people right now? If they're going through a breakup, they're listening, you know, they're going through heartbreak. You guys are the go-to team. How would you recommend that people, you know, just your top tips for coping with heartbreak and channeling that into happiness ultimately? Okay. So, I mean, there's so much to that really, but thank you for what you just said, sorry, because you're an amazing coach yourself. And so thank you so much for, for saying that anyone who's listening in on this and, you know, you're going through a difficult breakup and there's sadness and there's heartache there. First of all, I totally get it. Anyone who's been in love and lost love knows what that feels like. But what I do want to say is that you have to tap into what makes you great and not let your identity remain in that lost relationship because you've got to come out the other side of it. And the only way to do that is to step into what made you that attractive person in the first place and know that you're still that person and that maybe, you know, listen, it's, it hurts and we never forget it, but we need to move on. And the only way to do that is to create a new vision for yourself. Um, something that's going to allow you to look ahead instead of looking in the rearview mirror and, you know, wishing what it could have been like. And, you know, that sort of thing, those sort of things, because it can be really, really painful when we do that. And that grieving process can go on and on and on and linger and linger. And, you know, can, we can get into, you know, bad habits and experience depression and, you know, just sort of self-loathing. And that's not the key. The key is to really figure out who you want to be, maybe who you were when you were your best self before you even got into a relationship and figure out who was I being at that time and what do I need to do to go back and start doing that and create an empowering future for myself. That's my take on it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really agree. Getting back to yourself and shifting your focus onto more empowering things will definitely help you move forward. Now, how do people find out more about you? I know you've got an online program that helps coaches grow their businesses, similar to what I've been doing with you. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we, um, 
you know, as coaches ourselves, we recognize that um, it, it's it's a challenging industry to be in. You know, people become accredited in NLP or whatever they, you know, and they're all fired up and they want to get out there and use these tools that they have to help people. But it's challenging to stand out from the crowd, you know? So yeah, we've put this program together called The Most Method. Um, you can go to getthemostmethod.com. And basically uh, what we do is we take our members through a three-month program where we help them to get their message together. We help them to create a compelling offer and put the systems in place. So, you know, they're able to attract clients and take them through basically a, um, a process where they will end up working with them at some point, whether it be through coaching or group coaching or buying their online programs. So yeah, it's been, it's been really wonderful. We we're so fortunate that we've been able to work with people like you and, you know, it's just so nice to be able to see when you can work together to make an impact. And obviously you're reaching people all over the world. You got clients all over the world now. So um, it's amazing to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are amazing and, you know, great fun to work with as well, which always makes a difference. So if there are anybody, there is anyone out there looking to grow a coaching business and, and struggling with reaching clients, then do, do reach out to Brian and Janice. Um, just one last question for you before we go. So my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness because I think, you know, we can all get back to happiness, but it can seem a bit tough at times, I know. But it's important to know what happiness is, right? So what is happiness for you guys? Oh, geez, what is happiness? You know what? I've, for me, it's become very simple, you know, just, and I think to be totally honest with you with this pandemic and what we've been through the last year, uh, it's become even more clear for me now is just um, enjoying every day, enjoying the simple things and being present, um, you know, being with somebody that you love and you know, being able to experience things and really just taking it all in instead of always thinking about the future and being busy in this and that. So, I mean, happiness for me is uh, just being able to be present and, and spend time with the people that I love. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, I would, I would say if you're, if you're thinking like, if I only had this, then I would feel better if, you know, when I have this or when I achieve that, then I'll be happy. If I could only get to, <clears throat> you know, earning so much per month, if I could only find this kind of person, I know I'd be happy. Um, the one thing that I learned from Tony Robbins is, is uh, pain, pain is inevitable. You know, we're going to experience pain in our lifetime. We're going to lose things. We're going to lose people, but suffering is optional and it's easy to stay in the suffering. And so, if you're thinking like that, you know, don't wait for something to happen, design it for yourself and go out and get it. You know, don't settle for less than you deserve up your standards and ask more of yourself and ask for more for yourself. Yeah, you know, one absolutely. thing, can I just throw this in now that you said that? Cause now I, something just came to me. Cause this is, I think it's very important. If people are listening to us right now and they're like, Oh, they've been married for all these years and stuff. Yeah. Great. That's fine. That's great for you. One thing that both Brian and I said to each other very, very early on was we both had come to a point, we had both dated other people after we'd been divorced the first time. I knew that I was not willing to settle. I knew that I would never get into 
either remarrying or being in a serious long-term relationship again, unless it was with somebody that I felt truly aligned with. And Brian was the same. And I think that's why it worked. And that, you know, and I'm going to just add one thing to that too, because again, this is all for your listeners is when that relationship came to an end, when I had the goofy haircut, even though that was a straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I had to get rid of her somehow. You know, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't happy uh, in, in that relationship that time either. But here's the thing. Here's the, the kind of the takeaway that I want to share is, you know, immediately I was like, oh, you know, you feel these, your ego has been bruised, you know, you feel rejected. And even though, you know, it was, it feels like, you know, I'm out of here and this and that um, is, I, I think the big thing is for me, I went great. So what does that actually mean, Brian? And I went, it means now I'm available to meet the right person. I wasn't before when I stayed in that toxic, unhealthy relationship. So I completely reframed it for myself. I said, well, great. You know, now I'm going to meet the person I'm supposed to meet. And I, and I actually really believed that and started to feel that. I don't know. You know, I'm just saying it turns out I did, but I'm just saying at the time when I didn't know I, I just changed that. And I think that that's so important is don't be the victim, be the victor. Yeah. I love that. Don't be the victim, be the victor. I was watching a, a webinar. I don't know if you guys saw it on Friday night with Pitbull and Tony Robbins. And that was one of the things that Pitbull was saying, don't be the victim, be the victor. And I was like, yeah, I get that. You know, it's, it is about stepping up even when it's tough and small steps every day will help, you know, and the, and the fact that you guys, you know, I've, I've been on the podcast, shared your thoughts has been amazing because I think, you know, everybody needs to know that it can happen and it is possible. And the fact that other people are making it happen and how they did that is really inspirational. So thank you guys for joining and, and for sharing some personal information there that I know you don't normally share. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Sarah. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. So be sure to head on over to getthemostmethod.com to find out more about Brian and Janice. And I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one -on -one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.